0: This is Two Nerds and a Joke with Robert and Ernie.
1: Thank you, Disembodied Hot Girl Voice. This is Two Nerds and a Joke with Robert and Ernie. I'm Ernie.
2: And I am Robert, the fantastically lost and confused man of the
1: day. Just why? Why can't I, you? You just have one job, Robert. You have just one job. My- just say your name.
2: You know, I actually tried that at work today, um, trying to change my name to Bert because there's three Roberts, so I'm now just Bert. I'm hoping it'll stick. But enough about me. (laughs) Uh, We are here today with a fabulous guest, actually one that I am quite – excited about because they're doing something that I want to be able to do in my life, and that is become a real live author and write real live books. Uh, we have Kristen Stovall with us today, the author of, and I want to hear you say the name because it's better when you say <laughs> it when I talk, the author of?
0: The Song of Souls Trilogy.
2: Awesome. Wow. And. Yes, it's, it's a beautiful artwork. I read the synopsis. I mean, I definitely have the book on my list of things to buy, so I am going to finish reading them. I started reading the first one. I got it like um, um, a couple weeks ago. I said, oh my God, we're gonna have a real author on the show. I have to buy it <laughs> and autograph it. Oh,
1: wow.
2: um, <laughs> this is taking you a hot minute to do, right? I mean, this is not a book that just kind of happened.
0: Yeah, it's taken a little bit of time. I'm in the final editing process of the third book. And I started the first book in 2014.
2: So wow. <laughs> it's
0: been a process.
2: That's, that's <laughs> a long process. And I know everybody, and you, you kind of mentioned this before we got on the show together, that, that everybody kind of talks with you about why you're writing it and how you're writing it. So you don't have to go into a long thing about it if you don't wish to, but kind of give <laughs> the, the concept behind why you decided to write this book.
0: Oh, um, yeah, I wish that it was like a happy backstory, but unfortunately, it is. Um, it came out of tragedy. I was 28 when I got married, and a year and a half later, I lost my husband when he ended his life after a battle with chronic pain due to a traumatic brain injury. And let me tell you, when you go from newlywed to widow in the span of a year and a half. It kind of leaves you going, okay, now what? Yeah. <laughs> yeah, you, you really, you don't just lose your husband. You lose, like, this whole life that you had planned. It's just, that's it, and, and now you have to start over. So it took a while, but bit by bit, I kind of started turning back to my writing, which I had done, oh, since my late teens, in a sort of serious way, it did start with fan fiction, uh, which I think is a great place to learn. It's a great playground. You don't have to worry about the world building and everything. It's already there for you, so you can really just focus on honing your craft. So I started turning back to that, and then bit by bit, sort of the concept of, I wish I could have said goodbye to him, turned into, wait a minute, that gave me an idea for this, and... I started with just one book. That was the plan and realized I had enough for three books. So that's what happened. I just started and it kept going.
2: So so tell, talk to me about your fan fiction. What, what did you write for fan fiction? Because, <laughs> you know, you got to use, you bring that kind of thing up. We got to know.
0: Right. Um, Lord of the Rings. Pretty predominantly. I do think I spread out into a few other things, but I don't think I ever finished them. (laughs) But it was pretty much Lord of the Rings. I liked to take the minor characters and give them their own stories, usually going off into some different time period. I liked to create characters, and when I realized that that's what I really enjoyed, and taking the existing characters and creating aspects of the world that weren't already in the books, I realized, well, I like world building and I like character creation, so it was a natural step to go to do my own thing. But yeah, Lord of the Rings. <laughs>
2: Lord of the Rings. So, so let me ask then, if you did, if you wrote about it and you love the character building, I, I know also one of your, I, I call it a side hobby, is cosplay. Did you... Uh, ever like do a fan fiction on a character and then decide you know what i'm gonna cosplay this character too and i like, go the whole gamut
0: <laughs> i've never actually cosplayed any characters that i've written because i do always tend to go with the more obscure characters so no one would know who i am although no that's not true i do some fan fiction for star wars the old republic and i i do that with a friend and we each pick a character and write for them and i write for theron sean so i decided you know what I'm going to Keystone Comic Con. Troy Baker's gonna be there. He voices Theron Sean in the game, and so I cosplayed Theron Sean, but as a girl. Yeah. That's cool. <laughs> Thank you.
2: Yeah, no, now I, I think I saw the cosplay. Was that the one with you had the, the the lines on the side of your face?
0: Yeah, I had little implants, which I I need to redo. Those were we had to get them done and had limited time and resources to do it. <laughs>
2: No, that's great. It, it, it was a cool. I was like, okay, who is it? I know who that character is. That's a great character to play for you, especially since you you know, you know, kind of have the whole package with it. So yes. cosplay, book writer, what else? You, you mentioned Star Wars, which is you know Ernie's favorite thing to talk about.
0: <laughs> <laughs> I am a major Star Wars The Old Republic player. I love it. I do it obsessively. It's like the game that I have stuck with the longest. In fact, I was playing it earlier, <laughs> so love it, absolutely love it. My main character is a, an imperial agent with the marksmanship class, Inari Sun, and she is just, she's deadly. I call her my tiny blue death flower because she's chess and tiny and just decimates things.
1: That's cool. Now, do you always gravitate toward the empire whenever you're doing these type of things or the dark side?
0: I have I really like to play Empire characters light side because I think, because I think
2: lost her. <laughs>
0: <laughs> i uh, I like to be light side Empire characters because the stories are a little bit more complex you can kind of go in there and test stuff I do have some some republic characters too though
1: okay all right so you keep it kind of fair you know every now and then when you get like, oh, let me try this for a little while.
0: Right, right. Oh. I have one of every single class, so I'm actually, like, a legendary. I finished all of the class stories, so you that you become, like, a legendary player at that point. That's a status. You basically get a flare and some... That's about it. You get a flare and bragging rights. <laughs> <laughs> You'd be like, I'm legendary. <laughs>
1: <laughs> well, clearly you would decimate me in this game because as much as I love these games, and Robert can attest, like, I get them. I play them for a little while, and then it's like, it gets so hard for me that I just can't play anymore, because I don't <laughs> want to end up not liking it, because it's like, right. it's like a part of me, this whole Star Wars, like, mythos. Um, yeah. So, like, for me, it started as a little kid. When did you start
0: getting into it? I mean, I grew up with Star Wars. I When I was little, I remember telling my parents I wanted to grow up to be Luke Skywalker. Not just any Jedi. I wanted to be Luke, specifically. I don't know how that was going to work in my brain, but it was going to work. Yeah. He got the lightsaber. That was what was cool. And now I have a stunt lightsaber. So there we go.
1: Oh, very cool. Yeah, I, ha- I have one, but I-, I stayed more toward like the, like, it seemed like the uh, the darker characters interested me more as a kid. So, like, mm. I was more interested in Darth Vader after seeing the original Star Wars. Like, I, wa- right. I wanted to see more of him and know more about him. Um, and then in the second movie, you know, it was Boba Fett, so I became all about Boba Fett. <laughs> and um, you know, the third movie, it was kind of sad for me because not only was it the end of the movies, but like it was the end of Boba Fett, and he didn't even have a good ending. Like he and
0: Darth Vader.
1: <laughs> so before we
2: get started with today's episode want to reach out and remind you guys of podcoin if you're already listening on podcoin thank you if not you should be listening on podcoin because if you listen on podcoin get the same great podcast but you then earn money either for yourself gift cards or even charity if you wish so download the app today podcoin and you will be able to make money and continue listening and supporting the two nerds in a joke Empire thank you So, so Boba Fett, I know because Ernie's a huge fan of Boba Fett, I'm, you know, he's obsessed with it. I, you know, you know, everybody loves the Boba Fett character. Have you ever thought about doing that as a cosplay for yourself as well?
0: I, I never have. I've never been super drawn to Boba Fett. I don't know why. He just never really captured my attention. Um, also, that would be expensive.
2: <laughs> that is an expensive one. Yeah, because I don't know if you ever heard of the five 50- oh. <laughs> Yeah, very. Have you ever heard of five hundred one? Uh, was it hundred one five hundred one?
0: Yes, yes. They're at a lot of cons. So. Oh
2: yeah, those TV guys have some serious costumes.
0: They do. I I love seeing them.
2: <laughs> yeah, no, and they're the biggest thing. The biggest thing with, with them is 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 they put a lot of detail and a lot of work, and it takes a lot of time. Um it's nice. and it's very difficult to figure out how to get into those groups because Ernie was one of the ones um, that tried to get into and he had some problems uh, in in getting into that group. Um, So what are the cosplays that you've actually been able to do outside of Star Wars?
0: Uh, I really, well, what I do just for fun is actually Dorothy because fun. I'm in Kansas. I like to do Dorothy, but at weird places where that makes no sense for Dorothy to be. Right, I, I saw the
2: picture of you with Doctor in a Doctor Who.
0: Yes, yes, I like that one. Um, I also do uh, Black Canary. That's one I really enjoy. I've done Black Widow, and I've also recently added Killer Frost to my repertoire. And Which I is really cool like one. that one. <laughs> cool, now, pun you, intended.
1: Yeah, exactly right.
0: <laughs>
2: Can you do the contacts? I mean, because I could never. I wear glasses, so that's been the hardest part for me for cosplay. Is like you have to do right. con- contacts and shit. It's like,
0: I yeah, I do g- contacts. I don't do special contacts because I actually have a an eye disorder, so my eyes kind of look a little bit cloudy. They're blue and they look a little bit cloudy anyway. So I just use my regular contacts, and people are like, "Oh, where'd you get those contacts?" I'm like, "They're my eyes."
1: They're just my <laughs> eyes. Did <laughs> you change your voice when you do it there, my
0: <laughs> So I wish I could find a, a voice changer that would do what it does in the Flash uh, TV series.
1: But it Just was really trying- cool.
0: Yeah. I got to meet Daniel Panabaker when I was doing, when I debuted the Killer Frost cosplay.
2: Oh, wow. That's yeah. really cool. Now, now, obviously, so are you, okay, so are you a Marvel, DC, or kind of a both girl then? I'm a both
0: girl. I (laughs) tend to gravitate toward DC villains. I just, they're more fun for me. I really like DC villains because they're so over the top. And like, they're like Disney villains and that they're just, they're huge and larger than life. And I love that. So I do tend to gravitate toward the the DC villains. Uh, I'm going to update the Black Widow cosplay because I have a friend who does a phenomenal Scarlet Witch and we're talking about getting together and going to another con again. And I would like to actually have a Black Widow cosplay that I threw together or that I didn't throw together in a week. So, you know, one that I actually spent a little bit of money and time on.
1: What did you think about the whole Black Widow story in the cinematic universe? Were you a fan of it? Did you like the way her character kind of ended?
0: Um, I liked her all right. I've actually... Um, I like Scarlet Witch and Vision better than her but because she does Scarlet Witch she always wants me to do Black Widow so I'm like oh she's cool you know she's alright I, I liked that I'm kind of holding reserving judgment until we see what the Black Widow movie is because if it just if it just ends with the way it ended in Endgame lots of the word end right there. <laughs> yeah. But if, it, if that's really all that we get, then I think I would be a little disappointed with it. But if they do something really interesting with the movie, which presumably will be a prequel, then I don't know. I might change my mind.
1: Well, because the only reason why I asked that is because at the same time all this was happening, like Jennifer Lawrence did Red Sparrow, which kind of seemed like that was the Black Widow story
0: true i haven't seen that i'll have to have to look into that
1: i
2: don't think anyone saw it actually
1: (laughs) (laughs) all these marvel movies pretty much stole as thunder you know but it's a it's a decent watch i mean if anything
0: yeah i'll have to check that out
2: so are you since you're a scarlet witch fan are you looking to the wandavision
0: yes i am so looking forward to wandavision because i was really mad (laughs) (laughs) Endgame. <laughs> I actually, I, I've not watched Infinity War or Endgame beginning to end. I've watched enough to know what happens because if I really like characters and they don't come back, it tends to sort of rub some raw nerves <laughs>
1: with loss yeah. and
0: everything. So I always kind of check ahead of time. So I'm really looking forward to WandaVision and I hope that they fix things. <laughs> <laughs>
1: well, I also... Now, is WandaVision the one... No, no, that's totally separate. Because I think... Isn't she going to be with Doc Strange and Doc Strange 2?
0: I have I don't know for sure about that. That's, that's a good question. Amazing. Yeah, yeah, that would be very I, cool.
1: That's what it was. Because it's supposed to be the first, like, horror genre film that they're trying to do. And I want to say it's Doc Strange and Scarlet Witch.
0: Huh. That would they be They would be an interesting... Couple of people to have together. I just I feel like her character is so interesting, and she really is kind of wasted a lot of times. But I guess it's because she's so powerful that if they used her too much, then she would just be like, she would just win.
1: Yeah, (laughs) kind of like Dean Gray and Phoenix, right?
0: Yeah, yeah. There's kind of like an OP thing happening.
1: Nice.
2: (laughs) She knows the OP term there, Ernie. That's that's pretty
0: cool.
2: Okay. So I, I got to ask, so you know the term OP, have you ever role-played, or is that just a, a term you picked up somewhere?
0: Um, I haven't technically role-played. I guess the way I do some of the writing with one of my friends, particularly the Star Wars thing, is it's kind of role-play, but in a writing style. And my brother and his wife and his friend group have recently got into it with both of my brothers, have recently become interested in it. And then I had someone tell me that they were working on actually creating campaigns and everything based in my book's universe. And so now I'm like, well, guess I have to RP.
2: <laughs> yeah, I tell you what, and that's kind of a funny thing you say that because the reason why I was asking is I'm writing my book and one of the things, I, and I don't know if you struggled with this yourself, it's very hard for me to dialogue characters by myself Mm-hmm. It doesn't work in my head. I don't hear them talking the same way when I'm talking to other people. Right. So what I took, as I'm trying as a route to kind of, because I'm really trying to finish that last, I got like 45,000 words written. Like nice. I'm almost there, you know? <laughs> yeah. I know how it ends. I'm just trying to get there. So I'm going to have to go back through and add a lot of dialogue and I'm struggling with it. So what I ended up doing was I actually created a world for role play of my book,
0: okay, yeah, and I'm
2: basically in a role play as characters from the story in the in that world. Play with it a little bit, but I'm hoping I can get a better feel for those characters. Because t- t- tell me this, because I mean, you're talking about character development, you're talking about cosplaying you're talking about all these really cool getting into the heads of your characters kind of thing.
0: And I've done theater.
2: Oh, there you go. <laughs> I, I was a props master in college. <laughs> What kind of things did you do in theater?
0: Um, a lot of different things. To Kill a Mockingbird. I've been in Wizard of Oz twice because I live in Kansas. <laughs> there you go. <laughs> uh, musicals, d- several things. I've done a wow. lot of different things. Comedies, serious stuff.
2: See, and that, if I had stuck with it, because I, I was in theater for a half second in, in, in college for a hot for a minute, but I could never get on stage. I ended up being behind the scenes as the props <laughs> master. I, couldn't, I, I never got that... Cross that line, if you will. Oh, okay. So that's gotta help a lot with writing books and really getting into characters' heads, then.
0: Yeah, it does. It definitely does, I think.
2: So for what was the process for you to kind of create these characters in your book? Like, how did you come up with the real backstories for
0: them? That was, it was a long process of just, I'd sort of <clears throat> try different things and think, does that work in the world? Does this work in the world? and come up with different scenes and how I wanted them to interact with different people and then why they would interact that way. So it's just sort of this slow building process, kind of like building a pyramid until you have the the whole character. And then I like to have them develop through the whole trilogy. So I knew who I wanted them to start as and I knew who I wanted them to finish as. And it was, how do I get them there?
2: So it sounds like for you then, in in your story, it was really more character-driven than world-driven, or did you kind of play equal to that in your overall thought process?
0: I think it was fairly equal to it, because I I also had to kind of figure out who they were in the world and and how that works in the world. And excuse me, I've got like scratchy throat all of a sudden. So it's just... For me, it's all one and the same. They all kind of build together. And as I develop something for the character, then I think, oh, this is a really good idea for the world. And this is how magic works. And this is how the wizards work. And this is how the soulbound work and how royalty works. And so it all kind of builds and there will be uh, more books where I further build on the world. There are a lot of things I don't touch on in the trilogy because I actually I'm a big believer in, in bringing your world building in organically. And including it as it, it fits to this in the story.
2: So you don't just have pages or, or chapters just on the world. It's as the characters explore the world, so does the reader kind of concept.
0: Exactly. I want the reader to feel like they're along for the ride.
2: Nice. That's 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 a that's a that's an interesting because I kind of struggle with that myself when writing. It's like I want to explain the whole world to them, but I don't feel that there's a way of doing that correctly. So it kind of makes me feel a little more, a little more confident in that piece of it is like, just have them go along with the characters, it's okay. Let them explore yeah. it that way. That makes make sense, yeah. it makes me feel a little better. So, is this now a profession for you? The writing?
0: Yeah, working on I mean, it bit by bit. It's, it's building, it's what I do most of my work with, I do a few other little odd jobs here and there to earn a little bit extra money because Books, particularly in the summer, books, the, su- the uh, sales slow down because people are outside doing outdoor activities and they're not inside and reading as much.
2: So you've, 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 you've kept the writing as your main thing and then done other things to kind of sustain as right. needed to just keep going. Right. So when you're not sustaining and you're not reading and you're not playing Star Wars, right, uh, Knights of the Old Republic, what else do you do in the nerd world uh, to keep yourself going?
0: Oh gosh, what else do I do in the <laughs> Well I read, obviously. <laughs> I love to read.
2: So what do you read? I mean, what does an author read, you know?
0: I read a lot of fantasy <laughs> because <laughs> fantasy is my jam. Uh, but really anything that's well written and has an engaging story or engaging characters I'll read. I also like to read autobiographies about, you know, specific people. That's not one I do all of the time. It just kind of depends on if the book catches my attention if there's something in that synopsis that kind of makes me go "Ooh, this is interesting and then I always flip through a few pages to see if I like the writer's style and and then I I usually decide that that book needs a home and it's going to come home with me today
2: <laughs> <laughs> and, and you do that a lot I assume with books is you take you take a lot of books home do you do you ever figure find out that you kind of run out of space with that because that's one of my challenges is keeping them all or do you donate them after
0: you're oh. If I like them, I keep them and read them again and again and again like old friends. I visit them. <laughs>
2: <laughs> um, so do you find – do you find that there's a certain author that you kind of go to yourself or do you kind of go all over the place for that?
0: There's a couple of authors. Um, Tolkien obviously is one of them because I, I just think he's a genius or was a genius. And there's another author, Juliet Marlier, who I really, really like. And I've had the um, – opportunity to actually exchange a few messages with her and she's just she's a very sweet gracious person but she writes um it's fantasy slash folklore i would more say it's historical fantasy because it's not like a completely new world it's the books that i really like take place in medieval ireland and deals with irish folklore and has like a a really interesting story. The first book in the trilogy that I love is called Daughter of the Forest, and it actually follows sort of the idea of the fairy tale, the Six Swans, but it's a, a grown-up story. It fills in all the gaps. It's really, really amazingly written.
1: So, with with all these authors and books, have you ever like seen something on in the screen that you're kind of like, yeah, no, I'm not a fan of the way they adapted that. Does anything come
2: the Hobbit. Uh, this is the second time this is the second time go on
0: um yeah lots and lots of the hobbit some of the some of the things i liked also i you know i'm gonna enjoy it because it's got elves and dwarves and middle earth and hobbits but other things i was like oh that's that's not right you missed the point it's not lord of the Rings. stop trying to make it that you know so yeah every once in a while there's a few things i have a i tend to watch the movies before i read the books like if i haven't read the book already i'll watch the movie first so that i don't go into the movie with expectations because then when i go back to read the book it's like i have the director's cut
2: Mm, how it should have been.
0: Yeah. Okay. And it's all these little extra scenes then, or, you know, all of these different things. And so then I, I can come out of it enjoying both the movie and the book.
2: What, what for you specifically? Because, I mean, like, if you watch the opening scene of The Hobbit, like the first scene on screen for the first movie,
0: it's right. literally...
1: Been... By the way, Robert is a big fan of The Hobbit. <laughs>
0: <laughs> I didn't hate it. I just, there were things that I disliked.
2: Well, no, and I, I'll say this. I think where they fell, fell off the rails with it is is the first scene, the opening scene, because my son and I had both, because my son's now 16. He was like 13 or 14 when we originally did this. And I was reading the book, The Hobbit, the Hobbit to him before the movie came out. I was like, okay, we're going to read The Hobbit and then we're going to see The Hobbit. The first scene, the first piece of film you watch is literally line for line. Oh, from yeah, that's
0: Home. perfect. It's like perfect. I loved like, that. It was like, yeah. okay, we're
2: off to a good start. Right. And then there's things that start happening. You're like, wait, let me, is that in the book?
0: In the <laughs> yeah. Book? Wait, what the heck? Who's wait, that guy? This is new.
2: Yeah. And I think they just took two way too liberties, unfortunately. And they made it three movies.
0: That was the, because they made it three movies. They padded it with all this extra stuff. And they kind of lost track of what the Hobbit was supposed to be, which the Hobbit was supposed to be, a lighter story than lord of the rings and but they wanted they saw the dollar signs they're like well we can make this a trilogy they'll pay and i did more than once (laughs) more than one of the movies because you know also though my brothers worked at the movie theater so half the time i could get in for free (laughs) it was amazing
2: so so you, you, you didn't really have to pay pay
0: some of the times I had to pay, like if it was opening night, I had to pay. <laughs> yeah.
2: Of course, of course.
1: For I mean, mean, for me, the, the criminal part about it all is that there's already a Hobbit movie, but it's animated, and that one's spectacular.
0: Oh, yeah. yeah, it's been years since I've seen the animated one. My first thought went to the animated Lord of the Rings, and I'm like, that's not, I don't like that one, but the, I Correct. like the Hobbit. The yeah, Hobbit, the, animated Hobbit. the Hobbit one. Yeah, I remember watching that when I was a little bitty.
2: See, she's, she's still a little bit younger than us, Ernie. Sorry.
0: <laughs>
2: <laughs> she's half a generation younger, I think. I think we'll go with that. Um, I am
0: older than I look, though. <laughs>
2: <laughs> but not as not as old as, as as I and Ernie are. I know. I'm pretty sure that I kind of did some of the math, and we're, we're a little bit like five years older than you, I think, minimum. <laughs> All
0: right. Is, there we go, then.
2: Which is okay. Um, so I want to ask, speaking of itty-bitty, what are some of the first things you watched or read that really got you interested in this world of fantasy? Because you said you wrote as a, as a young teenager, so there's, there had to be something. Was it The Hobbit? That, was that really where you got your start, or is there something else?
0: It was mom reading to me when I was younger, and she read The Hobbit and um, The Wizard of Oz – she never read Lord of the Rings, but she read The Hobbit to me more than once. She doesn't remember. I I can tell her exactly where we were and what we were doing. <laughs> so it was definitely <laughs> The Hobbit, I think. I yeah. think my parents are also, they were always into Star Trek and Star Wars and, and fantasy. So I grew up with that. And all of my siblings were all into those things. I mean, we have big costume themed parties in my backyard, just because, sometimes, just because, you know. So we all go to Renaissance Festival every year in costume. It's a lot of fun.
1: Oh, what's your, what's your go-to for RenFest?
0: Um, I usually do court attire. I have the last few years, but I've kind of loosened up on that and done just various things. I've done a fairy. I think I might... You know, stroke my own ego a little bit and and do one of my characters sometime because why not? No one will know who I am but me, but and it will make me happy.
1: (laughs) And it makes you happy, right?
2: Yeah. (laughs) Yeah, I've done that. I've done that once or twice. I used to be a big fan of the amalgam comics, which was the Marvel DC crossovers, and I went as Dark Claw a couple times, and nobody knows who that is, and it's okay. But I had a good time with it. I enjoyed it.
0: Exactly.
2: (laughs)
1: Very few
0: people knew who I was when I was Theron Sean. But a few did. Some people thought I was Star-Lord, which was weird.
1: That and is weird. They That's random. told
0: me it was all my fault because this was shortly after Infinity War.
1: Oh. Yeah.
0: <laughs> and then they realized oh. that I was not Star-Lord and felt really stupid. And I was like, it's fine. I didn't know what you were talking about. <laughs> <You
2: know>? <laughs> <laughs> That's crazy. That's crazy. Well, I, I want to I thank you because this has been a lot of fun. And I want to have you come back um, when your book comes out, because I think that's going to be a fun time to have when you have it out and you can tell us how awesome it's been for you. Um, are you going to be going to any cons coming up? Are you going to be doing the cosplay thing again soon?
0: Um, I'm not sure, because the con season locally is kind of, you know, wearing down. Wrapping
2: out, yeah. Unfortunately, i know. Um,
0: I mean, if Ben Barnes shows up at a Comic-Con and I can get to it, I will go. Because... He's he's one I want to meet really really badly. He played Prince Caspian in mm-hmm. Prince Caspian, and he was Logan in Westworld, which is brilliant. Um, and also, I always kind of picture him as one of the characters in my book, and so I want to just be like, here, have these books as a gift from me to you. <laughs> you
2: <know? laughs> that sounds like a lot of fun i can't wait to, i can't wait to see if you do that because i'd love to i love to have you back on we can talk further about all these glorious things um give one i want i want to give you the chance to give one really big slap to the audience about all the awesome stuff you've written so they know exactly where they can get it and how they can get your trilogy
0: all right well the best place to get the trilogy is on amazon you can order it in both um Paperback and in digital, and then you can also get the paperback at BarnesandNoble.com. Starting August fifteenth, I think, if everything is on track with my cover artist and everything, there will also be hardbound editions through Barnes and Noble.
1: Through
2: the website or in in physical in the, through the, in the
0: website, door. you can go to the store and order them. But they really most stores don't carry anything unless they're like, you know, something they know people right. know about. So it's you're, you're going to get there.
2: You're going to yeah. get there. <laughs> That's my goal.
0: Uh, you can also find me on Facebook. There's the Song of Souls trilogy. That's the best place to reach me because Facebook tends to be a bit of a breeding ground for weird people, friend requesting you and then suddenly asking you to go on dates with them. And that gets a little awkward. Yes. <laughs> Strangers doing this. A lot of people from Nigeria I don't know yeah. why. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> and then also on Instagram and Twitter, you just look me up, Kristen Stovall. Instagram, you can see all of my different cosplays and hopefully my future cosplays. Once the third book comes out, I'm going to be bouncing back and forth between having a book booth there and going as a cosplayer. So probably the ones where I go out of town, I will end up doing cosplay rather than books because locally I don't have to ship books across the country, (laughs) (laughs) which is expensive.
2: Yes. No, absolutely. Well, if you make it down to Florida, we have a couple of cons down here. Let us know, and I think we both will come and see you in person because that would be fantastic.
0: Yeah. Um, Fingers crossed. Everything works out for me to start getting to different places.
1: Yeah. 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 Just tell
0: one of your cons to get Ben Barnes, and I will find a way to get there. (laughs) There you go. (laughs) I found a way to go meet Billy – Billy Boyd, so and he now owns a copy of the first book because I shoved it in his hand.
2: <laughs> uh, signed in everything, I'm sure. Yes. We
0: exchanged autographs. It was kind nice. of amazing.
2: Cool. <laughs> that is a very cool thing. Well, I wanna I wanna thank you so much for being on with us so late at night. I know when we play this it won't be late at night for whoever's listening but it is late at night for all of us here um but i do well, want to thank you i'm much. an
0: hour behind you so it's not too bad <laughs>
2: it's not too bad but it's getting there i tell you what I'm, a, I'm an old man i need to go to get my beauty sleep here as, as does ernie um but i want <laughs> i want to thank you so much this has been really cool to hear you and to kind of walk through the process of getting your yeah. book done this been um, a blast yeah, I want to definitely have you come back on uh, in the mid-August kind of field when you get everything settled and we can really kind of dig into what's next in uh, your cosplay world a little bit more possibly and what book you're going to start writing because that's going to be cool. Yes,
0: awesome.
2: <laughs> Delve back into it. Well, I want to thank you as always and please for our fans, uh, make sure you're listening to us on, in this episode. If you are not didn't listen today on PodCoin, you need to do that because that's where you're going to make money. Kristen's going to make money because you're going to buy her book We're going to make money because you're listening to us on PodCoin So everybody wins It's a great thing And we want to thank, of course, Anchor for continuing to support Our podcasts and giving us those extra listens Which again, people who listen are going to listen to Kristen We're going to buy her book She makes money, we make money Everybody's happy So it's a great, great thing for everybody all involved And of course, Ernie Make it a author Written ridden ending With a great outro
1: Oh, here it comes. Hey, hold on. Peace out. Peace out, everybody.
2: Talk to you guys next time.
0: And that's another episode of Two Nerds and a Joke. Follow Robert and Ernie on Instagram, Twitter, Facebook, and subscribe to their YouTube channel.